Good morning, sir. Good morning. How's it going? It's uh, it's going pretty good. Yeah. So you're rocking a vintage level shirt. Yeah, it's like got that vintage charm now. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, dead product, but uh, limited edition. Limited edition, exactly. <laughs> I just moved recently, and I had like a box of some leftover level shirts, and I just started giving them out to friends. Like, <laughs> it's They're a super, nice shirts. it's a super comfortable shirt. It shouldn't go to waste. Yeah. Yep. So I realized the day we need more swag. Yeah. Like we like, especially with like Printful, you can just slap the same image, logo, whatever on like 200 different things and then just start printing them. So I want to do some more of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It's I always enjoy like putting on like a swag branded shirt for whatever I'm working on. Like I don't have I don't have anything for my new stuff yet, but uh, it feels like I'm putting the company uniform on, you know? <laughs> yeah, I love it. So um, we owe our listeners an apology. A big, a big apology. Was listening back to last week's episode and dun dun dun, wrong mic input. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we we try to take good care of our audio here, but uh, it looks like you had the wrong input selected on the QuickTime, probably because it sounded fine to me. Yeah, I think so. And that's the that's the really nasty thing is that you can do like a different input on the video chat system than the um, local audio recording. Yes. So. Which is like theoretically nice to have that flexibility, but sometimes it's like if it might be good if there were just one OS wide selection mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. We have this, these shenanigans ourselves. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you have a, a deeper level of understanding about the complexities of this than, than I do. I do but. feel more, yeah, um, understanding of other apps, issues around audio and streaming and things like that now for sure. Yeah, yeah. I've been on so many Zoom calls lately because of just pandemic. And I was telling you that I think I've become really immune to the um, to the sound of AirPod audio. So like right before we jumped on, we're about to hit record. And I'm like, oh, actually, I think I'm hearing you through your AirPods because I'm just desensitized now. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I'm excited for Apple to start putting better cameras in their MacBooks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of people are investing in like webcams. I've done this too. Like I, in the past, I've had like a really nice webcam setup, and it's quite nice, but it's a pain. Like a separate device is just... A little too annoying for me personally. Yeah, I do usually rock a Logitech HD camera, but I think they could they're definitely capable of embedding this in the in the monitor. So they should just clearly, do that. yeah. They've got the tech. Yep. Have the phone people talk to the MacBook people and bam. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> Piece of cake. And I know hardware. So mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Everything's easy. So we um hired a QA firm. You did. All right. We did, yeah. It's happened kind of like great thing is happening or like a thing i'm excited about which is that joel is their point of contact not me nice (laughs) yeah and it was interesting because in my head it was like oh yes i will hire the qa firm and then i will manage the qa firm and it's like actually am i even the right person for this and i brought it up and i thought at first was like maybe spencer and i was like actually joel is like he's good at this kind of detail work making issues for things and knowing how the app works and responding quickly and all that so yeah yeah how's that process been onboarding them um still in the early phases so um i sent them our qa checklist and recorded a demo of the app and kind of walked through some of the features and then hooked them up with like a test account and we'll see i think it's it's just kind of getting off the ground still this week somebody stumbled onto a bug that would almost certainly have been caught or will be caught in the future kind of thing it was just like oh in this set of conditions if you do this thing this breaks and like reliably breaks and it's just a small error no big deal but it was like oh yeah and this will be great to not have this get out in the world actually this one technically wasn't on the world it was in staging but still you know 
same idea. I was just like, okay, I can see how this would work. Yeah. Are they going to be ramped up in time to like vet the new redesign project before it goes live? <laughs> um, that might be a little too we'll heavy. <laughs> Very possible, actually. So along those lines, we're getting ready. So the UI is on that you made is now on staging. And hopefully today, I think we're going to deploy it to production behind a feature flag. And I found a couple teams who volunteered to be early testers. So I'll just turn that up on them for them right away. And we can start getting like real user feedback, but then also there's no reason to not also turn it on for the QA folks. But then also the pen test folks that are currently working on the app as well. Yeah, you got a lot of people taking hammers and knocking there's, on the edges of tuple right now. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot going on. Like I have like a pretty close to full day of calls today. Yeah. And it's like very, it's very CEO kind of day. <laughs> Sounds like it. it's like mar- like podcast for marketing. Talk to somebody about hiring. Do a one-on-one with someone. Review some PRs, that kind of thing. Do a stand-up. It's uh, a lot of uh, management. Holy crap. Fun, fun. Yesterday, did you end up doing um, a little the little coding project we were talking about? Oh, yeah. Yep, that's, that's done too. I got to actually write kind of some code. Not quite code, but pretty close. So our marketing site until two days ago was just a, a directory of flat HTML files. Which was, you know, it worked. Truly static. Obviously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the most static. Uh, and with all the joys of purely static, like we repeated the layout all over the place. <laughs> A lot of find and replace when, when you need to update stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty goofy. But, you know, it was like one of those like started with just like index.html and slowly added pages over time. And a couple of days ago, I was like, okay, uh, we want to publish a blog post about this UI redesign. So we probably should have some sort of blog aware thing. Okay, let's just like, let's do this thing now. So I converted our site to a Jekyll static site. The trusty OG static yeah. site generator. Old yeah. school. Works great. I mean, yeah. it, does, it does the trick. Yeah. I confused the crap out of myself um, for a little while where I booted up the Jekyll web host slash recompiler thing and like forgot it was running um, and then didn't notice. So like I forgot it was running. So like things would change automatically and I'd be like, what the heck? Like what happened here? So that was a little confusing because I just forgot about it. And then also Jekyll has this like underscore site directory that it generates where like the fully compiled site is in it. And I kept grepping for things in my project and then getting those results and then changing those. And then Jekyll would recompile and then d- destroy all the changes I had just made. Oh, no. Yeah. And I'd be like, I just changed this. What? How did this go back to the original version? Yeah. Yeah. So that's oh, yeah. stuff adding to your git ignore does that like does that take it out of your grepping flow or whatever you know that's that's a great question yeah it should so i use silver searcher for searching which is great uh it has its own ignore file i don't think it i don't think it respects git ignore but it really should shouldn't it yeah 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 i bet that's a configuration option or maybe it even does that or i don't think it does it for me but yeah, that, that seems like a good way to do it. That's always helpful. Yeah, like anytime I start getting build output in my search results, it um, life is not as, as good. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, clearly not correct. Yeah. So yeah, so there's a bunch of work happening on Tuple. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of hands in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So are you feeling like um, overwhelmed at all or does it feel kind of in, in control for you? Varies by day, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So we simultaneously had a lot more people working on the app and also we went distributed fully 
like Spencer and Joel and I are not seeing each other on a regular basis either in person. And so we could be pretty ad hoc about stuff and organic about it and just like talk about things during lunch and over breaks and while walking and things like that. And now that's gone and there's a lot more. So there were days this week where I was like, wow, I feel like I'm kind of like struggling now to keep track of all the things and make sure nothing is blocked or like I'm not blocking things. I've been blocking Joel all like the last day or two. I'm like waiting for a review on his PR, but I keep getting pulled into other things and I just keep like, I need to really sit down and really understand this thing. But then this thing comes up and so it's, it's, it's been a bit tricky, honestly. seems like you guys already had some good, healthy remote work practices in place where you would do like, you would kind of write, write stuff up in more depth and, and kind of lean on writing as a way for shaping, you know, tasks and stuff like that. I'm sure that's given you somewhat of an, an edge in like transitioning fully to remote. How have you thought about like kind of replacing those more ad hoc interactions? Do you, do you ping each other, you know, in chat or do you just do even more deliberate longer form writing or like what, what have you arrived at or is it still work in progress? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely work in progress. I wouldn't say we've got like a solution to this. We added back in a standup, which we actually do at the, the end of the day. Uh, just like sync up with each other and partly just for social reasons honestly just like seeing each other and talking is nice Um, but we added that back in that felt kind of like it was missing one thing that i feel like is hard is like it's just not as fun to me to write a lot of things to people and like just manage by like let me make a twist thread for this let me make a linear issue for this blah 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 it's like uh, i would really honestly rather talk about this stuff even though i know it's not as efficient and it's nice to be async and all this, it's, I, I do struggle a little bit mentally where it's like, I want to talk to people and see. Yeah. Them. Yeah. Well, and I think there's, a, it'll be interesting to see how, what kind of you guys um, figure out for your own team. And it obviously varies from team to team on what, what ultimately works well, but there probably is such thing as like too much asynchronous. Like you do need a certain amount of just uh, really high fidelity hash stuff out over voice or video or whatever i think you guys will probably hopefully find like that what that balance is and maybe come away some with some learnings that you can share here you know yeah i think we probably will i am kind of longing for getting back to be in person at at some point so we'll see how that goes so i'm trying to like have good meeting hygiene like trying to put an agenda together beforehand and like try not to make the meeting happen unless it kind of needs to or maybe this is just my own like frustration or something or or patients getting more thin on people that don't do this a couple times i've had calls in the last couple weeks and it's like we show up and i'm literally like so why are we doing this call and they're like oh well we wanted to talk about this and we have a question about this and i'll answer the question and then we're done and it's like wow this (laughs) sometimes it really helps to talk live for sure and i'm open to that but i definitely i think i need to push back a little bit on people which is like, is this just, do you just have a few questions I can answer? Cause I'm happy to do them via mm-hmm. email. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, that's the kind of the old, the old way of thinking is like meetings as the default way of transferring information. And now it's like meetings are the exception still, still necessary sometimes, but like, let's not make them the default. But some people that's just their job is just like their mandate is to go and do meetings, you know? And that's, it's a shame. <laughs> right. And it's, I think I said this before on here, but like, it's easier to just call a meeting. It's just like, we don't know what to do here. Let's meet. And it's like, that's, that's a pretty easy default answer as opposed to let me figure out what to do here, or at least come up with a proposed solution and send that out to everyone and gather feedback and then make it a, it's like, <laughs> admittedly, that is <laughs> harder for the, the person organizing and less fun. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. Yep. Um, so I, I get why people 
don't push towards that. And I'm, I'm guilty of this myself too. So I'm, I'm yeah. A bit of human nature in there, a little bit of, a bit of uh, laziness <laughs> built into, you know? Yeah. 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 I think I'm going to try to do a little more, try to have good hygiene myself, but then also maybe push back a little bit on people who seem like they're defaulting to that and at least be like, sure. What's the, what's the agenda before we do this thing? Cause I think even that helps, helps a lot. I was on a sales call with six to eight people the other day. For this <laughs> like, do you realize company. what this is costing your organization right now? <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. This is like a fortune 100 company. Probably they might be like a fortune like 10. They're like enormous. They brought like six people to the call and it basically boiled down to like two or three questions. That was like really the thing, but it was like, well, we need the two stakeholders over here and then the people from network engineering over here and the security folks over here and the procurement. And it was like, this really was an email with like two or three bullet points. And it probably costs, I don't know, $20,000 in salaries or something to have this call. It's insane when you start like actually quantifying meetings in the, in the sense of like how many hours times out, like effective hourly rate for salaries it's right it's crazy and it's the, like the time before is kind of wasted because you probably don't want to get into a task and it takes mm-hmm. you a while to get back into it afterwards and it was context switching was, uh, but you know sales there, there is the thing in the sales process where it's like you want to build rapport and like it kind of helps to have the ceo show up maybe and be like hey i'm one of the founders and we're taking this real seriously and we like you and we want to do business it's that whole so. soft squishy side of uh getting buy-in and getting people comfortable and all that stuff. The recurring theme of uh, Ben's engineering brain is at conflict with the real world and how people work with emotions and things. Yeah. Uh, has shown up again. Yeah, but you seem to be doing a pretty good job of, uh, of bridging that, those two worlds, it seems like. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I try. I think, I mean, it is a nice pair of skills to have, right? I try not to neglect one or the other. So yeah, there's a lot of balls in the air. Um, some hiring stuff as well hopefully more to talk about there soon um but yeah it's like feeling very uh very managery lately i think the manageriness plus in-person work with spencer and joel would be fine but like the managery stuff plus remote is just kind of like this is not as fun for me (laughs) as it was before i'm just just not having quite as much fun as i was before unfortunately i think it's probably temporary some of it at least and also kind of necessary to to do what we want to do we technically could stay this like three person company and, and just have fewer things going on. But I, I think, I don't think any of us are that excited by a fairly static, fairly, you know, linear, boring kind of trajectory. I think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're learning through this process of being forced to be siloed off in your little remote spots. Right. And, uh, uh I guess learning that maybe, you know, maybe a hundred percent remote isn't, isn't, uh, the ideal structure or way to structure your work, uh, when, when you have a choice. I think also I'll get I'll get better at the the stuff I'm doing like the management side and so that will feel more like so I'm, I'm sort of thrown into a new situation then also new stuff which I do like I enjoy the challenge of new things but it is it makes it even harder where it's like I'm also unsure of how to do this and I'm not sure I'm doing it that well and it's complicated but yeah um what's going on with you yeah so still kind of um in builder mode on my new my new thing that I've yet to fully divulge yet. I was listening to a podcast episode, I think it was the rework podcast, and um, it was Jason Freed and Ryan Singer, just kind of talking about product development stuff. And I could listen to smart people like that riff all day long. I mean, it was it was a 
it was a fun listen. They were just kind of answering questions and stuff. But kind of a light bulb went off in my head when they started talking about the way they're approaching building Hey, their new um, uh, email system. They kind of just pointed out this small thing of like, yeah, we didn't uh, when, like when we were first starting to build it, we spent a little bit of time like playing around with stuff. And actually they were they were thinking about like rebuilding high rise, their CRM. And like that was kind of the kernel of what Hey became. They're like, yeah, I think we're going to I think we can do a better job at this thing. And we haven't touched this project in a long time. And then it kind of they kind of gradually walk down this path of like, actually, I think that just the email part of it is is really intriguing. And then uh, kind of gradually got buy in from from people on their team and stuff. But the interesting part for me was um, when they were talking about kind of the early phases of starting the product and they like decided obviously one of the most important parts of an of an email system is being able to receive an email and that's kind of very very central to everything that the product centers around so that's like one of the first things they built was like build a thing that is capable of receiving an email and kind of kind of everything involved end to end to make that happen it kind of reoriented i guess in my own head how i'm thinking about about building my current product like I have this temptation to say like, all right, I'm going to do front end first development. I'm going to kind of figure out from the interface level, like how does this product going to function and what are the important screens and, and how does the, how do the flows work together? I did that for a little while and was feeling like I was not making like um, super tangible progress. Like I was, I was designing stuff and I was, I was seeing stuff come together in that respect, but like, like it just didn't feel quite right. And I think the reason is because this kind of, reminded me that you don't build software the same way like you build a house like you don't like ideally you build like a a rudimentary version working version of something and then you gradually make it more powerful and with a house you don't have that luxury like you have to build the foundation you have to put the framing up you have to kind of build things up uh, incrementally and then and then you end up with something that's kind of rigid i mean just by nature of it's uh it's beams of wood and concrete right but with software, you can kind of say, I'm going to start with 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 a tent and then I'm going to build a shed and then I'm going to build, you know, a small house and then I'm going to build a two story house. And like it grows in a different way. And so then I kind of have shifted my goals. Like my goal this week is to build this one core flow. Um, I think I've I've said enough that like this is kind of around calendar management and scheduling. Right. So like the ability for someone to share a link and for someone to be able to grab time on your calendar like that is a that is a core central part of this product. And so that that's what I'm driving towards now is like, get that working. And it's not going to look pretty out the gate, you know, in the interface, and the the back end data modeling is probably not going to be perfect, but it's going to work. And then from there, I can figure out now that I have this kind of tent pole in place, like what, what do I need to layer around it? What are the next important things or higher risk things to to layer around it? Um, Yep. Yeah, I like that approach a lot. I think the idea of like build out a like a sort of horizontal slice and then integrate horizontal layers together later is much more challenging than start with a sort of top to bottom fully connected front end through the back end to the database and back kind of thing. It's just that's how I, I've I've worked in the past and I know other people that work that way. And it just it just seems to be the, the answer here. Yeah, it's a good forcing function. Like for me, I, I like to 
I think this is human nature. Like I, I like to work on the parts that I feel most inspired to work on or feel like, like this is the, this is the fun part is designing the interface for this thing. Or maybe, maybe one day I'm feeling like the fun part is like working on kind of the, the domain modeling or, or figuring out what the database tables, how they should link together. But it's like, if I zoom in too far on either one of those, I could end up just kind of over architecting, over engineering, spending too much effort on like this one piece and then kind of neglecting other parts that are less fun to work on. And then you end up with kind of this Frankenstein half built, half functioning thing at any given time. So I think forcing myself to like, nope, you're going to plunge all the way through the stack and you're going to get, you're going to get an interface. You can click a button and then it does a thing and then it inserts a thing and a thing. And it, you know, you do that whole flow. And then from there, it, it becomes clearer too. Like this is another thing that I've learned kind of about data modeling because getting, getting database tables, just the way you want them is so tricky. But I always have this temptation at the beginning of a project, like this time I'm going to have a good enough model in my head of like how everything should go together. And I'm going to get it right out of the gate. And that's just not, (laughs) that's not something I think that's worth striving towards. And something that, that was fun to hear is like they, for a long time building, Hey, they would, they would frequently just kind of like reset, reset the entire database schema or like rewind all the migrations and kind of rework them as they learned more. And that is a luxury you can have at the early stage of a product when you don't actually have, you know, user production users in a production database, you can just, you can just freely nuke stuff if you feel like, oh, things have changed enough. And I don't want like a really messy database migration history. Like, yeah, let's just wipe it all out and kind of incorporate our learnings. Totally. I've also succumbed to that same idea of like, look, let's just really get this all this design perfect up front, and then it'll, it'll never be a painful migration later. There's a great analogy around this that I like from the uh, the Pragmatic Programmer, which is like one of the classic programming books, which everyone should should read if they haven't. They have a section there called Tracer Bullets, which is if you're trying to hit a target, rather than like taking tons of precise measurements and understanding the wind speed and the distance and all this, and then getting everything ready and then taking a shot at it and hoping you hit it, you kind of like aim towards it and start shooting a lot. And the Tracer Bullets tell you like, okay, we're off a little bit to the left. Okay, we need to go a little higher. And like you can kind of very quickly zero in on something yeah and i like thinking about that and for like they were of course we're bringing it up in the software context mm-hmm. of like build a sm- very small thing that gives you feedback very yeah. quickly yeah and then use that feedback to like nudge you in the right direction another thing is to like not be fearful of the kind of the refactoring phase like the longer i'm in the craft of software development the more this is one of the pitfalls i think it's like the more i i think i have in my head like this this concept of like the ideal way to architect the software and sometimes i slow myself down because i'm like well i'm going to write this code and it's going to have to be like really well architected out the gate and i think that a lot of times i sacrifice some forward progress in the name of like getting getting kind of the architecture just right out the gate and it's like no get it working first and write your tests and then you can refactor like it's okay if it feels a little bit dirty right now and like this function it's okay if this function has like 20 lines <laughs> 20 lines long because you can always go back and you can extract stuff out and you can make it make it nice um, once you once you get it working i think sometimes i that's a struggle of mine too is like just just build it and then you can always clean it up and if you have tests covering you then then you can confidently do that and this is like these are these are things you learn early on in software development like it's but somehow i kind of it starts to become like a hazard because I, I think I know the right way to do it and therefore I slow myself down trying to get there out the gate. Yeah, it's it's tempting. I get it. The thing that popped in my head is as you were talking about working on the front end is like you could build out an incredible front end 
and like think you've you solved all these problems and you still have nothing you have nothing it doesn't work like you could invest 200 hours there and it's like all right can anybody use it no okay well that seems weird yeah but if you spend 10 hours on a like a, the tiniest slice of functionality it's like wow mm-hmm. someone could try this someone yeah. could buy this maybe i don't know exactly and no and i've got people in my corner right now like i have a small group of people who are very um, very eager to use this thing and they're they're really helping me shape help me form hypotheses around how how this product is going to really deliver value and they're all eager to use it and they they've said to me like they've made my job easy they've said like look man it doesn't have to do everything that the current thing i'm using right now does i just have i i need this this and this and i can switch over to it and I just kind of try to replay that in my head over and over again. It's like, dude, you don't have to build like this super amazing, like groundbreaking thing. Like all products have to start very simple and then you, you grow from there, but like get, get that version out so that you can have people start actually using it. And it's maybe won't be the prettiest thing. Like maybe not every, not everything will feel perfect to you, but there's no such thing as perfect anyway. So just get it, get it shipped. Um, I'm reminded of your drip days too, where, the initial thing you built was useful but not a game changer for people yes yeah and so you had to kind of get it out there and get that feedback and see what people wanted and didn't want and then like build the marketing automations part and then see that take off and and realize like okay the the, the product is actually over here it's it's near where we thought it was but it's actually over in this corner and if you'd spent more time on the design and working on the first version of it it would have just meant it took a t- longer to get to that next part exactly yeah yeah, that was another thing that they touched on with uh, uh, Jason and Ryan in the podcast. They're like, like when you're talking to customers, you're doing research, you're trying to figure out what the right path is. Like you should not be aiming for certainty because you're never going to have certainty. Talking to customers is shining a flashlight on kind of uh, on a problem. Like if you have uncertainty about something, you can shine a flashlight in a certain direction and, and get some information back in. But don't fool yourself into thinking that like if I talk to enough people, I will I will have 100% certainty that this is the absolute right direction. It's like that that's only something that you learn by by shipping and by by actually putting stuff into the market and the, the longer you spend not doing that just you're just slowing yourself down. So mm. All right, so when are you going to ship? The goal for this week is to get that core flow and then I'm I'm going to kind of reassess and like I think there's probably, you know, a handful of others and then I can get into the hands of these um of these early users i still haven't decided when to get out of stealth mode it just is something that like i just want to be deliberate about about when i do that and i don't necessarily have strong opinions about whether it's the right to do it at this moment or wait a little bit longer yeah i've like kind of put heads together with my mastermind group from tiny c a little bit and like the most important thing for the business right now is getting this kernel out there and getting it in the hands of real users and i don't have to go fully public with it just yet in order to get to that step so i don't know i guess um i'm still just sort of indecisive about when to really publicly announce um what's the best argument against announcing it publicly or talking about it even if it's not a big launch but just on here maybe yeah no i think it's just that i want to control i want to control the inputs that i'm getting and uh, like an experience i had with um you know, with level level, obviously, I was very transparent, very open from from the get go, and spent a long time building, building, and not necessarily be, being able to put it in the hands of of customers. And like, what ultimately ended up being, you know, receiving a bunch of kind of false signals or things that I interpreted. I couldn't help but interpret this as positive, even though in the end, it didn't ultimately 
you know, signal what I was hoping it would, which is that there's a lot of people actually wanting to buy this product. I'm just a little bit hesitant to let those types of signals enter my radar at this point or let them enter it too early. The moment where people get excited about this thing, I want to be able to pretty quickly put something in their hands and see whether they're actually like serious or not, I guess. And I think it's like I have too much uncertainty. I don't know exactly what I haven't put a, a hard you know, timeline on it just yet because it's it's still early enough. So I think that's what that's giving me pause. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if that makes sense. Does that make sense? <laughs> um, I mean, feel free to push back. I mean, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I'm I'm torn um, and it feels like the default right solution is to just be open, public, transparent. Yeah. Well, I, so like I could see like on a personal level, if you're like, I don't want to put a stake in the ground and say like, I'm building this thing until I have some more feedback on it. Like I could see myself doing that potentially. Like if I'm like, I'm, t- I'm testing out this new product space. I think I have something here that could possibly work, but I don't want to like, again, be like, I'm building this thing. And then like, maybe like later, I'm like, actually, maybe I'm not building that thing. So yeah, I, to me, there's, probably a, there's probably a little you know, bit of that too. Honestly, it's like, I don't, I don't want to appear like I, like I'm flailing around or not not taking things not not like seriously going after things that i commit to going after i I don't know up here flaky or something like i don't want that to be (laughs) what i put my public you know perception i guess yeah i understand that uh that impulse i would say you're very non-flaky so thank you uh, that fear is probably quite unfounded (laughs) but i I get where you would i get the concern around appearing that way for sure yeah i know what you mean yeah um but yeah i sort of beyond that so so i mean that 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 might be enough that might be enough of a reason to just hold off and see like i'm gonna i'll talk about this more if i'm pretty sure i'm gonna do it mm-hmm. um so that's that's sufficient but beyond that I, I i don't really think there's much to be gained by not not talking about it yeah yeah clearly it's not like uh you know we it's probably not this amazing idea that someone's gonna steal if you mentioned a breath of it kind of thing yeah so i think soon and i want and i do want to I want to unfold a nice story here on the podcast and for our listeners and stuff too. You know, like that's, that's the fun part about one of the fun parts about doing this is getting to, getting to tell a compelling story. And it is, it, I'm, I'm a little bit bummed that like, I'm, I'm still withholding these important details. Uh, and I, I, so I do want to share them here too, you know? Um, yeah. Okay. So I think soon. I feel like we need a code name for this project. Mm, yeah. At some point. If it, if it stays in stealth mode much longer. Yes. Yes, that's a good idea. Yeah, we'll have to think about that. I know you care about names a lot, so yeah, <laughs> I won't put you on the spot. Okay, <laughs> thank you. All right, cool. Well, should we wrap up? Uh, yeah, let's wrap it. Show notes. Show notes can be found at artofproductpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. See ya. <laughs>